Hello. So, um, my name's Dr. Tom Davis, and this is the first um, podcast in a series of podcasts that are designed to improve understanding of some of the underlying processes of um, some difficult medical topics. Um, these PowerPoint presentations can be used for anyone, so for medical students um, and foundation doctors. And at the moment, this is a remote learning resource. Uh, there will be a, a company in PowerPoint presentation with this, with some images that you can refer to. So these presentations are going to follow a fairly similar format where I'm going to talk about an issue or a topic and some of them are going to have some pre-assessment questions to gauge your understanding before and then a short talk and then some kind of review questions afterwards. What will you need for this? Well, I would recommend having either a laptop or a um, pad of paper with a pen to make some notes on some of the things we're talking about. So the first kind of mini talk um, will be on a important part of respiratory physiology as it relates to neonates. This is a frequently examined area and poorly understood. So what I'm going to do is take some time to talk to you today about lung development. So for those Swansea students, uh, this links into um, your neonatal teaching and may refer to um, what used to be called the compromised lung. So first of all, why learn about lung development, neonatal lung development? Well, it's very important to understand the basic physiology because then we can think about why do premature babies have problems with their lungs? Many of the systems are affected with prematurity, but the focus today is going to be on the lungs. So if you had a question in a single best answer exam where the question was, hopefully be able to answer this by the end of this quick talk, a newborn baby is being treated for respiratory distress syndrome. So given that this patient has respiratory distress syndrome, which of the phases of lung development has been impaired? So it's worth thinking about that. So how would we answer this question? Well, firstly, we need to briefly discuss what the stages of lung development are. So to talk about the lungs, the lungs basically develop as, a, as an outpouching of the primitive or the very early foregut. And you get a lung bud and division, 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 more structures, more complexity forming. And there is overlap between these stages, but it's pretty much well taught and well known that there are five stages 
to lung development. So there is firstly the embryonic stage. And this covers you from weeks three to week six. And this is development of your proximal airways. So the embryonic stage is development of the proximal airways. So this is your first stage. The important thing here is there are a number of pathologies. So we, even though there are other stages that you could talk a lot more about, this embryonic stage, which is development of the proximal airways, where the lung bud arises from this primitive foregut, we can have problems with a number of things. And just to list a few, tracheal agenesis. So because it's the development of very proximal rather than distal airways, giveaways in a question, if it has the word trachea in, so tracheal agenesis, tracheal stenosis, tracheoesophageal fistula, or an abnormal connection between the trachea and the esophagus, you're looking at the correct answer being the embryonic stage because it's to do with development of proximal rather than distal airways. So if you were to have a question about a neonate with a problem with a tracheoesophageal fistula, tracheal agenesis or tracheal stenosis, you'd be thinking this sounds like a problem with development of the proximal airways and therefore what we're looking at is a problem with the embryonic phase of lung development. So to recap, there's five stages of lung development. The first stage and the only stage that we have covered so far is the embryonic phase where you develop proximal airways. Any time throughout this talk, um, I'm hoping to upload a PowerPoint presentation with some images or feel free to Google on your phone, tablet, computer, any images um, to help you understand some of this information. The second stage, um, which covers us from weeks six to 16, and I find it very helpful to think of the sixes. So we will talk through the weeks that are covered when we conclude for this section, but really learn the pattern of sixes, which we'll talk about a bit later on. So the pseudo glandular stage is the development of a lower conducting airway. So we very much said that the embryonic phase is proximal airway development. The pseudoglandular stage is the development of lower conducting airways. And we're going to talk about the first 20 generations of conducting airways. Of these 20, the first eight are the bronchi and these are different because these will have cartilaginous walls. So the first eight of the 20 bronchi will acquire cartilaginous walls. You're probably asking the question, well, if the first eight generations of the 20 become bronchi, what happens to nine to 20? These are your non-respiratory bronchioles. So these are your non-respiratory bronchioles between 
9 and 20. And as you can imagine, as these generations of conducting airways develop, you get lymph vessels and bronchial capillaries that as the conducting airways grow, these grow to accompany it. So we are looking here at if we have abnormal development in this stage, you can get some things called bronchogenic cysts, you can get congenital lobar emphysema and congenital diaphragmatic hernia. So a good way of remembering the three main pathologies in the pseudoglanular stage is BCC, but not basal cell carcinoma in this case. BCC meaning B for bronchogenic cysts, C for congenital lobar emphysema, and C for congenital diaphragmatic hernia. So what have we learned so far about the exciting topic of lung development? Well, we've learned that there's five phases, that the lungs actually start as a outpouching from the foregut. The phases that we've looked at so far is we have looked at the embryonic phase that happens from weeks three to six, pseudoglandular stage that happens from weeks six to 16, and now we're going to talk about the canalicular phase, weeks 16 to 26. I said to remember sixes because it's really important with remembering the weeks in which these happen. So the canalicular phase is when things start to get really interesting. Because all I've talked about now is we've talked about the development of proximal airways in the embryonic phase, development of your lower conducting airways in the pseudoglandular stage. And now we're talking about the canalicular phase, which is the third stage of five. This is when we've talked about the first 20 generations of bronchioles. And now we're going to go a little bit further and talk about the formation of respiratory bronchioles. Remember, generations nine to 20 are non-respiratory bronchioles. So this is the first time I've said the words respiratory bronchioles. So in these respiratory bronchioles, the amount of connective tissue in these decrease. And we get development of pulmonary capillaries. And we know through basic lung physiology that the alve alveolar capillary interface is where gas exchange takes place. So the gas exchanging units, the posh word for that is ACINI. So A-C-I-N-I. So that is a group of gas exchanging units or asini or asini and the coupling between the capillaries and the gas exchanging units is one of the key contributors in how well we can exchange gas oxygen and carbon dioxide so the three things that we've talked about so far embryonic phase weeks three to six pseudoglandular stage weeks 6 to 16 and the canalicular phase weeks 16 to 26. Summary of each stage, embryonic weeks 3 to 6, proximal airway development 
a lot of stuff about the trachea and therefore pathologies with the word trachea in in exams lead yourself to look at this is a problem with the embryonic phase of lung development. Pseudoglandular stage is when the lower conducting airways develop and this was our BCC, so not basal cell carcinoma, but bronchogenic cysts, congenital lobar emphysema, congenital diaphragmatic hernia. We then move on to the third stage. So the third stage is the formation of gas exchanging units. And remember what we call them. It begins with an A. I'll give you a second. Correct. ACINI. So A-C-I-N-I. And gas exchange depends on how well these ACINI and your capillaries match or couple together. Now we get into my favourite stage of lung development and I think clinically the most important one for me. So this is the terminal sac phase. So the terminal sac phase is where these, you correctly said it, beginning with an A, yes. It's when these become refined. So we have saccules and these divide and divide and divide and divide during this normal terminal sac phase. This division increases surface area. So saccules divide and this increases surface area. One of the crucial things that happens in this stage is your interstitium thins. So it might be good at this point in time to pause the podcast and look at something called Fick's Law, okay? So Fick's Law, F-I-C-K-S Law. So Fick's Law, really important for this. One of the things that governs how quickly you can diffuse, in this case, can gas exchange, is diffusion distance. So if you have a nice thin interstitium, you decrease the distance for diffusion. You can clearly see because the terminal sac phase covers weeks 26 to 36, clearly see why some and an increasing percentage of um, children and neonates that are born ahead of time, so are born prematurely, would have problems with their lungs. And we'll talk about that in a second. We have capillary invasion. So capillary invasion, capillaries getting involved in this process, again, increases your alveolar blood barrier surface area. So that interface between your alveoli, your capillaries and the gas exchange that takes place gets further amplified when capillaries start getting involved. What you may be aware of is that this is the stage, the crucial stage, where maturation and development of your surfactant system occurs. It's really, really important. So rather than me boring any further with physiology, birth and or initiation of spontaneous or supported mechanical ventilation in this terminal sac phase may lead to a number of pathologies. So, number one, pulmonary insufficiency of prematurity. Why? 
reduce surface area because we haven't got division of the primary saccules to these smaller ones, which increase the surface area. Primary saccule does not divide into secondary saccules, which increases the surface area. So you have a reduced surface area for diffusion. The interstitium does not thin out, so remains thick, which increases the diffusion distance. This all leads to unfavourable lung mechanics. So, we have successfully, with the first condition, pulmonary insufficiency of prematurity linked, the phases that normally happen in the terminal sac phase, to therefore the changes that do not happen if this phase is interrupted by birth, initiation of spontaneous ventilation, or mechanical or supported ventilation. The second condition is respiratory distress syndrome. So this is due to surfactant deficiency and or activation. And at this point, when I mention this condition, one piece of homework for you, only one piece of homework um, that would inevitably lead to you gaining marks in an exams. I'm going to ask a question. What type of pneumocyte secretes surfactant and they will talk about respiratory distress syndrome and or the term hyaline membrane disease so homework and it would be in your benefit to do it because i'm pretty sure you'd gain a mark for it in most exams what type of pneumocyte secretes surfactant so the next condition is pulmonary interstitial emphysema. So this can be due to tissue stretching by uneven aeration. So not having the normal variation in aeration. You can have excessive inflating pressure. So this is normally a ventilation issue um, where excessive ventilation pressures are used to open the alveoli and um, leads to the idea of barotrauma, where you actually damage the lungs through excessive pressures being used. The problem with a thick interstitium is you also get air trapping. So air trapping in the interstitium is another thing, which is a, um, a negative and can lead to pulmonary interstitial emphysema. So, the impairment of these secondary saccules being formed, these capillaries not being developed, decreased surface area, and what we talk about as fibroproliferation can all lead to BPD, bronchopulmonary dysplasia. So there are a number of conditions that can affect the terminal sac phase. So all that said and done, we're then going to round up with the alveolar phase, which actually starts at week 36 and extends to three years of age. Saccules become alveoli as a result of thinning of the acinar walls, so the gas exchanging units. 
you get again alveoli and capillaries getting a more intricate relationship between the two. And the alveoli that are massively oversimplified in um, respiratory physiology and are assumed in many equations to have a cylindrical shape or in other cases a spherical um, shape they're actually polyhedral so this limits some of the equations that we use to oversimplify the way alveoli behave they have a polyhedral shape and that is how they develop and eventually form so lung development happens at three weeks and continues to three years so just to recap and then there will be some summary questions so there are five phases of lung development so what i would like you to do is i would like you to write down the five phases of lung development and then when you've got them written down we will go through when they happen so the first phase, whatever you may have called it, is from weeks three to week six. The second stage is from week six to 16. Week, uh, sorry, stage three, weeks 16 to 26. Stage four, weeks 26 to 36. And the final stage is week 36 to three years. So the purposes of today was to talk about the five stages of lung development, post you towards how these may be relevant in terms of assessment questions in either formative or summative examinations. And I suppose the last objective is to assess what you hopefully have learned or what may need to go back over. So the first question is a neonate has been diagnosed with respiratory distress syndrome, RDS. Which of the following phases of lung development is pathological? So, is it stage one? or option A, the embryonic phase, B, pseudoglandular, C, canalicular, D, terminal sac, or E, alveolar phase. So if you said A, A would be incorrect because A represents the embryonic phase, which is development of proximal airways from the lung bud which is an outpouching of the primitive foregut and that happens from weeks three to week six and therefore pathologies like tracheal agenesis tracheal stenosis tracheoesophageal fistula when there's an abnormal connection between the the trachea and the esophagus and pulmonary sequestration if indeed an accessory lung bud is developed during that time. So the pseudoglandular phase, um, was that the correct answer? No. 
So in the pseudoglandular stage, we have 20 generations, the first 20 generations of conducting airways. The first eight are what we call the bronchi, and they have cartilaginous walls. From generations 9 to 20, these are your non-respiratory bronchioles. Pathologies, B, C, C. Bronchogenic cysts, congenital lobar emphysema, and congenital diaphragmatic hernia. Was it C, canalicular? So in the canalicular phase, we get the formation of respiratory bronchioles. So that is your generation 21 to 23. The relative amount of connective tissue goes down and we develop our pulmonary capillaries. And the gas exchange is all to do with the adequacy of the acinus or acini capillary matching. That's a big determinant for how well you exchange gas. Was it indeed E in the alveolar phase, week 36 to three years? So in the alveoli proliferate and they develop and they attain this polyhedral shape. So that leads us to my favourite stage, the terminal sac phase that happened between weeks 26 and 36, where our primary saccules divide and form into smaller saccules and increase the surface area for gas exchange hugely. Thinning of the interstitium decreases the diffusion distance. Capillaries are the big players in all of this because whenever they invade and exert their influence, that increases surface area even more. So two mechanisms by which surface area goes up. So our surface area goes up through capillary invasion and primary saccules subdividing into smaller saccules increases surface area. So in conclusion, the purpose of this podcast was to go through one of the most poorly understood concepts in medical school, something that hopefully has been clarified somewhat. There will be an accompanying PowerPoint, which I will make available to anyone that would like to look at some images, a more visual learner, to either look through these before, during or after the podcast. Um, any other topics that people would like covered, I'm more than happy to. My email address is all lowercase t-o-m-d-9517 at gmail.com. The one piece of homework that very important for exams if you choose to do it um, is to find out what type of pneumocytes secrete surfactant. I hope this has been useful and keep well.